You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. I'm just going to pray as we transition. I know they're going to turn the lights on and that can be a little distracting or abruptive or... Seem like an assault on your corneas. Um, <laughs> I apologize ahead of time, but I, I felt like that as um, Sarah and Nikki just did such a beautiful job of of leading us into that that special holy place that we were created to live from. Um, I felt like I heard the Father say that the heart healer is in the room. The heart healer is in the room. I felt like He meant that He. He wanted to heal. He wants to heal places that mistrust still are. <laughs> he wants to heal places that we still, we're, we're growing in trust, maybe a better way to say it. Or some of that stuff that I talked about last week, of we, we believe the things about him that we've seen, heard, and experienced that don't line up with his nature or his character. So, Father, we thank you right now just in these next few moments that we get to spend together that I even believe you've been doing figurative surgery as we've been in your presence. And um, I thank you that you're going to continue that. And we just embrace that. I hope I can pray that for everybody that's watching, everybody that's here, is that we just embrace that, that you do surgery in those places, that you remove um, those, those places where we still don't or we haven't yet fully trusted you in those areas of our lives. <clears throat> I thank you that we were created to fully trust you. And so it's not, it's not hard, even if it seems like it is. So thank you for your love just increasing in the room, the awareness of your love increasing right now in the room. Yeah, thank you for your tangible, experiential love. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thanks that this is what you want to do right now. Yeah, thank, thank you that this is what you want to do. Whew, yeah, so we just surrender. Even what we were singing earlier, you can, you can have our whole heart, the whole thing. We give you access to the whole thing. Yeah, Whew, we come to this throne room of grace openly, vulnerably, confidently that you're good, that you're a good dad. You've got good things for us. So we may find mercy and grace to help in our time of need. Whatever season of life we're in right now, I can guarantee we need mercy and grace. So Father, we thank you for the mercy and grace of heaven just flooding our lives as we do this. We trust you to continue this this process with us of helping us to posture our hearts as being just sons and daughters who are willing to live heart wide open in vulnerability and 
and openness and all the things you made us for. Holy Spirit, thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for what you're doing. Yeah, thanks for what you're doing. Yeah, thanks that healthy and whole hearts were your plan all along. Whole, holistic Christianity. Whole sons and daughters. That's what you, that's what you sent Jesus for. We're so grateful that you're teaching us what it is to be whole in you. Yeah. <laughs> Help us to grab your hand and allow you to pull us in a little closer, a little closer, a little closer. Wherever we're at right now, I know we can get closer. For each individual person, we may be in different places, but I know we can get closer. I know there's more. I know there's more areas of your heart to explore. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thanks for what you're doing, Father. In Jesus' name, thank you. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Sarah. really like I like all types of worship I really like stripped down worship to where we're you know it's just either Sarah in the keys or you know like with Nikki and her and the guitar or someone else and whether it's Sam or somebody like that and and they're just you know there's there's no drums though I, I love drums don't get me wrong I believe drums were created in in the glory up on the mountaintop somewhere I'm, I'm pretty confident of it I don't I'm not saying they were created at the same time that the um, you know, the stone tablets were, were carved out with the Ten Commandments, but I believe that they were on a mountain somewhere. It was God's plan for drums. Um, but I know with that, when, when there's intense, very upbeat worship, there can be emotion. That, and emotion's not bad. Don't, don't get me wrong. But there can, there can, you can get caught up in it. And when this, when the stripped-down worship happens and the presence of God comes and you experience Him, in this way, it actually prepares you for the other moments when worship is really intense and we're just going nuts, right? And, and you're still experiencing God versus only knowing one type of worship that is very intense and very upbeat, and then it's just all emotion, right? And you know, you know how you can know that you just worshiped in emotion? Um, as if you, can, if you leave that place of what you thought was the presence of God and there was no, no change, if there's no fruit from the encounter, then maybe it wasn't an encounter. <laughs> I'm not saying that we can't encounter him and not experience fruit, but I'm looking for a... I heard this quote not long ago. I don't know who, who said it, but if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. I believe all things kingdom that in our life that we are growing in, that there's a measuring stick. And so when we can, we can measure that there was fruit from an encounter, we realize that what I think is happening is actually happening. My life is being transformed, right? We were created to be not, not as cool as the, as the, you know, the movies, but we were created to be tra transformers. 
but we were, we were created to be transformed first. Like it was God, I mean, what I was praying into, it was God's original plan for every person on earth to be completely whole, made in his image, and to act out of the nature and character that God created us in originally. And then a mess happened. You know, you find that around Genesis 3. And, and then we have the current state of, of the world. But the good news is, is that now that Jesus came, the hope of the world is, is still Jesus, but it's, it's the local church. It's the, it's the big C body of Christ who gets to be the hope of the world. How is that? Because we get in a building and, and we enjoy worship or we have teaching. No, because we have moments of intimacy with him in, where we learn what, what this is really about. So we, we teach not just by, if you're accustomed to learning from the Bible, just from an educational head knowledge place, that's only one aspect of learning. The history and all that stuff, that has a place. But if it's the only thing we ever get, all we're ever going to get is an, is an education in theology. And not an education in experience, which actually comes from intimacy. And what did Paul say? Knowledge puffs up. Knowledge just makes you proud. But love edifies. Love actually builds you up. Builds you into what? Into the person that you were always designed to be. And so I must experience him in moments like this so that I can learn that this is available to me on an everyday basis. And then with it, coupled needs to be teaching that comes from the Word of God that comes through prophetic revelation. It still lines up with the Word. It's not anything that's out there in left field where somebody's going to get you off on an island and ask you to drink Kool-Aid, right? It's not, it's not, it's, it, it, but I'm saying that it, it, it weaves with God's, God's still speaking, right? The Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Like God's still alive. <laughs> he's not. He's, no, he's not uh, just. He's not just in the book. Like He is the book, right? Jesus is the Word. The Word is alive, and He's inside you. And so that's that's the part of the hope of the world is that when we we learn to live in intimacy, we learn to experience God, and out of that place, we actually begin to mature in love. Love is the mark of true maturity. It's not how much theology I know, not how good I can preach, how accurate I can prophesy, how many people I see healed, how many demons leave people when I pray for them, right? Doesn't matter how many, if, how many initials are in front of or behind my last name because of, of degrees that I got. That, that's not the mark of true maturity. None of those things are bad. All of those things are good, but none of them can take the place of what's most important, which is becoming love. Right? We live in a, in a world that, that values things that aren't necessarily kingdom. Or, or let me say it like this, is that we make things that are most important, we make the things that aren't most important, most important. And then we, we, take, we dial it down when it comes to things that are kingdom. I, I love what uh, Thomas Aquinas said, is that we all are, we all have, the, we're all image of of God bearers, like we all create in the image of God, and that we all have, we all have good. All of humanity has good inside of them because of the image of God, and we can all meet on a common ground because of that, regardless of faith uh, or even Christianity beliefs or other religions or or no faith at all. Um, I mean, all people have faith in something, even if they don't believe that they do. 
we can all meet on this common ground uh, on things like, you know, injustice. We don't, nobody wants, you know, the majority of people don't want injustice in the world, right? Like we're, so that, that desire comes from the nature of God inside of us. Isn't that beautiful? He was onto something in, in the Middle Ages or, or even in the Dark Ages when he, he lived of stuff that we teach now. I was listening to something by him not long ago, and I'm like, man, he is a, his theology was incredible, and it still rings true for today. I don't know about you, but for some time in the kingdom, I always wanted something, always wanted something fresh and new, right? Like, God, give me a new revelation. Need another word from you. I'm all for that. Right? If you hang around here very long, you'll get your face prophesied off. Like the, not literally, but you know, this is a prophetic culture. People, people tap into the heart of God for, for each other, and prophecy builds up. It encourages us. It edifies us. Um, it pushes us forward and towards Jesus when done properly. So if, you know, that, that's, that's, just, that's, part of, that's part of our culture. It's part of our nature. You know, it's, it's what we do. But in that, there's, there's something they do in the school system, in educational system, is that they do review, right? How many times did you, you do review? And then you do review, and then you do review, and then you, and then you take a test over it, right? You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with implementing that in the church. I'm not saying anything towards the test part. I believe the test part is actually on a daily basis. You're taking it every time your feet hit the floor all day long. <laughs> There's a figurative test that is happening. What's it testing? It's testing whether or not I'm developing in the true nature and character of God, which is what I was created for. And when I see things that are outside of that, my figurative measuring stick, I can say, okay, that doesn't look like Jesus because it doesn't look like love. That's how I know it doesn't look like Jesus. Why is that still in my life? And I begin to act, ask questions to Holy Spirit. And good counselors and good mentors, good spiritual mothers and fathers ask a lot of questions. You know why? Because it causes you and I to gather the answers from Him and doesn't get us addicted to the voice of a person. Right? And, and so... I, I believe that review in the church is really, is really important. Is that sometimes it's not a new word that we need. Sometimes it's the, the same word or a figurative old word that we need in a different way. Right? That's what, you know, if you, you've heard me teach for very long, I, I teach the same thing. It's a couple hundred hours long and it's from about 55 different ways. I, I teach... And God adds things to it and puts it in a similar package. And then you hit it from all different angles. And we have a handful of different teachers here. I have like seven people that teach here in a church this size, right? It's, a, it's amazing. And you get a different perspective from every person because they have different things that God speaks to them in the way that they see kingdom and the way that they see the word. And then it gives us a fuller picture Right? If, you were paint, if you were painting a, a mural or a, a, portrait, a portrait that was, was huge, and let's say that it was of uh, different aspects of, of world's culture, you would want different artists that were familiar with that particular part of the world's culture to paint that section, right? And so we, we have different, you know, God raises up different people, and, we, and then to, we're better together. 
then we see things more clearly. We start to paint together. <laughs> it's just, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful analogy and uh, never thought of it before. So <laughs> I can't take credit for it, but I like it. And uh, so we're going to do a little bit of, of review today. And I believe that the key to, to intimacy, because this is the, it's the foundation of all things kingdom. Like there's no bypassing intimacy. Like I can, I can read books and, and get the six simple steps to a better you and all those things. And I'm all for self-help, right? Even though kingdom's not a self-help program. It's a transformation program. Now take the self-help tools and you can add those to your life. And whatever helps you look more like love, I'm, I'm down for it, right? I am. I absolutely am. But it can't bypass intimacy. Because even though discipline is a vital, don't miss me here, it's a vital, vital, vital part of kingdom. Like we will, I always, I've said this for years and I, I believe it with all my heart, is that I will never accomplish or even become all that the Father created me to be and do if I don't have daily discipline in my life. Right? I know and we're, we don't fit like Pentecostal church, even though I, I hope you know Pentecostal is not a theology. It was an event. <laughs> and, then we, and then we just made it. You know, we just need to, to name things in the church. And we're like, they're Pentecostal, they're charismatic, they're third wave, they're whatever. You know, there's too many to remember. So, <laughs> and, and even though we, we don't necessarily... We fit that. We, we believe all things. We believe all things that are our kingdom and all things New Testament and all things Pentecost. <laughs> because do you know that Jesus came to show us what the Father looks like and to, to break us free from, from sin, right? But why? Why did he come to give us a new nature and to eliminate sin from all those that would embrace the truth so that we could have a relationship with the Father like He demonstrated He had. It was all, it was all about relationship. And the kingdom is meant, to be complete, is meant to be weaved together and the foundation of it is intimacy because it's relational. And, and intimacy for some of us is, uh, is scary. Right? And, and intimacy, if, you, if, you, if your mind goes to physical intimacy, I'll tell you that that is the lowest level of intimacy that there is. I'm not saying it's not important to aspect of marriage, but it's a small percentage of it. And relationship is based on it. It's, it's, it's basically built on, uh, it'd be like a sand foundation. Years ago, there was... Uh, when I was doing foundation work, we went to this beautiful house. It was three stories, and it had a full basement. Three stories, had a full basement. It was up a little bit past the north side of Indianapolis, and we fixed foundations. That's what we did. We waterproofed them. Uh, we, we jacked up houses to, to make them level. Um, we pulled in basement walls to make them level. Uh, we did about just about anything. There wasn't anything that we wouldn't tackle except for this one time, when we went to this house, and I'm guessing that it was million and a half, you know, probably 1.5, uh, somewhere around there. Right now, it's probably worth three million, but um, <laughs> maybe not though. After I tell you this, you might have a different opinion. 
and so when we got in the house, they told us what they wanted us to do. We found out that they had a wood foundation. Because there was a contractor years ago who is now bankrupt and out of work uh, that said a wood foundation would, would last 100 years. Not even tre- treated would last 100 years in the ground. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so we're like, we, we literally, you have this beautiful house, and you've got this problem that, that can't be fixed. Like it's, it's built on a faulty foundation. We can't do anything for you. Like we want to, we would love for you to pay us as much as it's going to cost to fix this house, but we can't, we can't do it. It needs a brand new foundation. And if you're going to do that, you might as well lift up the top three stories and move them and build on a whole new, a whole new area and lay a fresh foundation. And, and that was, I mean, it's un, un, for anybody that's familiar with construction, it's just not realistic. Um, I'm not saying it may not be possible, but it's going to cost you a, a fortune. And so I, I look at that, and, and there's things that sometimes I, I personally, early on, built on. I built on the gifts of the Spirit. I built on the power of God. I built on seeing things happen, and none of those things are bad, but because I made them my foundation, it was faulty. And I wasn't able to actually be transformed because the foundation was, was bad. The, J- Jesus can't do anything with the, with the faulty foundation. Or I'm sorry, he, he can do something with it. He just can't build on that foundation. It doesn't mean I can't grow in the things that make me appear very spiritual. I looked spiritual to all those that were around me externally. But when you, seen, when you saw my life, and my early married life especially, you would have found out that I definitely didn't look like love. I was not growing and maturing in love because the foundation was faulty. And God had to, through a turn of events, and some of you have heard the story, I prayed a prayer and asked God, I said, I need you to tear up everything in my foundation that's not love. If I had to, if I had to right now, I literally said this in the prayer. I said, right now, if I had to choose between learning more of your word or, or loving like you, I choose loving like you for the rest of my life. Now, I know God wasn't asking me to do that. I was just making a statement of what was most valuable to me. And, and more theology and all those things that have their place and are vitally important to our living our life. We base our whole lives off of the word of God. Don't miss what I'm saying. Like, it is everything. Lindsay and I, this whole, all rural family, we base our whole lives off of the Word. All right? That's, it's our go-to. But, but now it's on a solid foundation because God has torn up the faulty foundation of building on something that was never meant to be built on. Right? And so the good news is that you've built on a faulty foundation. We weren't able to help those people that had a wood foundation. Right? But if you've built on something that may seem like wood, Jesus can help, right? He's just, he's just looking for an invitation to do He already wants to do it. He's just looking for an invitation. But the key to it is intimacy. Like that's, that's the foundation because the foundation was created to be love. And so that means the doorway's intimacy. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but it... Uh, for one, I didn't, know what intima- I didn't know what healthy intimacy was. And the other one, it, it just, it scared me. <laughs> because it says in, well, two things. A.W. Tozer, that quote I, 
I made last week. He said, what you believe about God is the most important thing about you. What, what you and I believe about God is the most important thing about us. Because what we believe about God affects every single relationship in our life. I heard somebody say not long ago that they were, uh, was in the barber shop and I heard him talk about how they didn't want their kid to go to um, like a, a Catholic school or a Christian school because they wanted their own freedom to choose whichever path that they wanted in life. And it just like, I, it wasn't my place to speak up at that moment. I didn't have any kind of relationship. I know what I wanted to say. I know that if I could have said something, what I think I would have said. Um, but it just hurt my heart because I thought, Man, every person made in the image of God was created. Every parent specifically was created to show every child what the father looks like. And by doing that, they'll choose what they were created for. Right? I don't have to force anything on them. He's, he is desirable. When we, when we represent him or when other people represent him as the good father that he is to us, Right, but I didn't, I, didn't know, I didn't know what God looked like. And I had some okay examples throughout the years, but not great examples. And so I still thought that I needed to perform for God's love. Right, I thought that that was, that was what it was all about. And so, but I thought that God was grading me on a daily basis on how well I was doing. And at the end of every, I literally thought I was taking a test that it determined my, my behavior that day, my conduct that day, determined whether or not I passed the test. I'm sure I'm not the only one in the room that's felt like that before, right? You feel like you're taking a test? Can I tell you today, if you still believe that, that the grade is already in, the final exam is over, it was graded through Jesus, you have 100%, and that grade's not changing. Like, you can't do anything about it. It's, it's just, you just can't. Isn't that good news? Like, I tried to change the grade. Oh, but, but what I believed about God actually caused me to do what I talked about last week because of what I've seen, heard, and experienced that were actually outside the nature of who He is as a good Father caused me to approach the throne room of grace cautiously instead of confidently. And when I approach the throne room of grace or I approach my Father cautiously, that means that there's mistrust there. And wherever mistrust is, is a breeding ground for fear. Because it was initiated by fear. Mistrust comes from fear. There's no separating the two. We can church it up if you want to. But I'm telling you, when it boils down, it comes to that it's fear that has sown seeds inside the minds of those that still don't fully trust. And I believe one of the number one ways, I'm not saying the only ways, is because of the things that we've seen, heard, and experienced that are outside the true nature of who the Father is, but we've, the ways that we've thought He's been to us. Because the only, I mean, God's invisible, right? There's only two ways that I'm really truly going to see who the Father is. If somebody around us has been or is being a true example of who, who the Father is. Which if you think that's impossible, I'm so sorry, but it's, that's wrong. You and I have the ability, by grace, through faith, to be empowered to look just like the Father. If, 
If we don't, if that's not true, then everything that we've based our lives off of is a lie. Because we believe that Jesus was the exact representation of the Father and that he lived on planet Earth full of the Holy Spirit and decided not to walk as God, though he was fully God. And had the ability to choose that, but he didn't. And so he gave us a demonstration. My gosh, it excites me because it gives me an, it's an invitation for me to look like the Father for those that are around me. Right? And to change generational lines that have been messed up by a misrepresentation of who God is. And you and I actually have an opportunity to affect generational change until Jesus comes back. It's happening right now in this room as we're speaking. There's kids, right, that are two, three generations down that are in that room right now that are learning who God is as a good father, that are prophesying, that are healing the sick, that know God speaks to them, that know he's in a good mood, know that he's smiling at them, that he's not mad at them. And it's not just happening in this room. It's because parents are teaching that are in this room right now are teaching their kids those things at home and demonstrating them to kids. That in, impacts, and some of us didn't have that, right? We didn't get that. <clears throat> Good news is there's an answer for that if we didn't get it. Like it's happening now. It's never too late. It's never too late. I love that, that song uh, that they sing. I think it's called My Testimony. If I'm still breathing, you're, you're not through with me yet right? <laughs> it's something to that effect. I'm like, that's good. I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> so if I would have started out with a, a firm foundation where intimacy was modeled to me properly, I would have been able to, from the beginning of my Christian life, come to the throne of grace boldly or confidently. That word means openly, <clears throat> heart wide open. But I was so scared that even though I know this doesn't make any sense, but maybe you've experienced before, so it'll make sense to you. But when I say it out loud, it seems silly, is that I was approaching God cautiously with mistrust because of the way I believed about him. But I was also guarding my heart from him because I was afraid he'd see what I thought was still inside of it, <laughs> which was not pretty. <laughs> I'm like, it's not good in there. Like, it's not I'm like there might be some good spots. It looks like there's some light shining in, in the, dark, the figurative darkness in there. But I feel like there's, you know, a good portion of that thing that is still messed up. And I found out it wasn't actually my heart, it was actually in my thinking. And I found out that Romans 12, 2, that don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What's the perfect will of the Father for every person? That they become a son and daughter. Right? That's part of it. I know it's bigger than that. I believe that that's the, that's the starting point. That they would be in relationship with him and know that he is. He's good. But when we don't believe that, it messes up the whole foundation of what we were created to live out of. And it doesn't make it impossible. It just makes it much harder than it's supposed to be to be able to fully trust the one that we can't see. And so we're, we're still, I believe that there's people in the room that are still, maybe people that are watching, you're looking for a demonstration of, of what the Father looks like, right? You're like, somebody's got to look like Him. I, I direct you to the Gospels, and I, I read the Gospels, I look at Jesus, and I see He's what the Father looks like. 
It's a, it's, a done, it's a done deal for me that the Father's good. It didn't happen overnight. It happened through repetition. It happened through militant discipline. Excuse me, for, that's the only way I can explain it, of, of literally declaring that God is good in the midst of, of things that were not good, things that happened from premature deaths, plural, to you know all kinds of, of different things and that could have caused me to believe differently because of what I was seeing, hearing, and experiencing. But I had a choice. I don't have to allow those things to affect me any longer the way that they used to. Right? Because we're powerful people. We became powerful people the minute grace came into our lives and empowered us, become powerful sons and daughters, and we actually get to choose what we believe. Life is not happening to us. Right? Life is not happening to us. We are happening to the world. Like we are a demonstration of what he looks like. And even if we don't fully look like him yet, there are more aspects in the course of the last year of our lives that look like the Father than the year before. Right? We celebrate that. We celebrate progress, not perfection, because that's what the Father does. And if you don't fully yet trust him in some areas, it's you're in good company with all of us in the room, like in most of the body of Christ. I believe that maybe some of you have arrived at full trust because of your, your history with God. But there are some little areas where I still, I still find myself leaning towards mistrust at times. One of them was the area I'm going to share a... a a very intimate, sacred testimony that just happened. So, for whatever reason, I, I mean, I can, I can give you some, some reasons, but there have been different levels of trust that have been developed in the area of finances in, in, our, in Lindsay and I's lives over the course of the years. Um, stepping in, you know, early on in marriage, like most people, you just don't have anything, you know, see, you don't have much to, to worry about. Um, <laughs> don't have much, don't buy much, you know, you just like, don't go out much. You just, um, you know, hopefully not eating ramen noodles, but you could have been and, and, uh, not that those are bad, but not great for you. And, uh, <laughs> you just get what you can and, and you just, you know, it's survival almost, right? But we weren't created to live out of survival. We were created to thrive in every season. And that, that's not determined by the amount of money that we have or the amount of stuff that we have. It's determined by, by who we are and whose we are. It's, it's good. Come on. <laughs> it's, stuff can't make you rich. But, but Jesus can. <laughs> And so different levels of trust have been developed between the father and I throughout the seasons of life and specifically in the area of finances. And originally, I'm like, why don't I trust you in this area? And he's like, it's because you don't trust me as a provider. You don't see me as good in that area. You, have, you don't have good experience with me in that area. And what you've seen, heard, and experienced, it, it's hard for you to comprehend. And so we're, we're working this thing out. Like, I'm not, you know, he's... Let me tell you this, is that you and I don't have the ability to frustrate God. <laughs> Jesus paid for all the frustration. Like he's, he's literally love. 
I'm not saying there aren't things that make him angry, but I don't believe they're, they're not in the natural. They're in the spiritual realm. The things that cause people to do things that are sometimes shouldn't even be talked about. They're so hor- horrific. Those powers, those principalities behind that, I believe he hates those. Absolutely. I don't believe there's anything wrong with that. Sometimes our, our love can be measured by our hate for the things that are in the darkness, but not people. So you and I can't frustrate him. <laughs> he's just, he's good, you know, and he's love. And so throughout the course of time, I thought he was frustrated with me. I thought he was just like over it. Like, I can't believe you don't trust me yet. Like, haven't I proven myself to you? Like, he never said any of those things to me, but it was just my experience with people that were supposed to be a representation of who he is. And so I carried that with me, you know, throughout the years in, in the kingdom. And a lot of it I keep internal, and you would appear, it would appear to you while I was teaching over the years and talking and, you know, doing ministry stuff, you thought, man, that guy trusts him. with He must trust God with all his life. He literally lives, Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Right? Well, I trusted in the Lord with most of my heart, but not all of it. And, and sometimes I leaned on his understanding, and sometimes I leaned on mine. And uh, I'm getting way away from that, though. And <clears throat> becoming fully dependent on him in, in all seasons. You know, you know that it's actually more, more difficult for us to become fully dependent on the Father when everything's going right. It's easier for me to become more dependent on the Father when things aren't going well, you know. We talked a little bit about that stuff last night. It's, it's, but, we're, but in every season, we're developing, we're developing trust. And so over the years, I've stressed over finances. I've lost sleep over finances. I've laid bed, awake at night when I didn't know when there was more month than there was money. You know, I, I did all that. That was my area. Some of you may have other areas, but that was, that was my area. You know, if somebody drops dead, I, don't, I, don't, I trust God fully to see, you know, them raised from the dead, right? But there's you know, money. I'm like, it seems silly when I say it out loud, but it's a, re- it's a real thing. You know, and I know there, there's probably people that, that struggle with that still, and that's, that's okay. So this last week, was it, we were going to get a dental bill that was uh, more than, I, I, we, I guess we anticipated it, but then when you hear it, you're like, <laughs> it's different when they tell you you got to pay it than when you're thinking about you're going to have to pay it. Right? <laughs> you're, like, you're like, oh, no big deal. And then they tell you, and you're like, oh, that sounds like more, even though we discussed the same number. Sounds like more now that you say it out loud. Yeah. Right? And so Lindsay and I were on the phone. She was, she was at the dentist, and, and um, I, I literally hung the phone up, and I was thinking, again, about finances. And, and it was just a thought, and I thought, okay, X amount of dollars. And and immediately, the Holy Spirit took me, he, you know, when the, the filing cabinet, you know, he's like, here, this is the file you need right here. And it was the testimony of, of when, years ago, when we were first starting to revive the world, somebody came up to us and said, God told me to pay the biggest bill you currently have right now, write you a check for it. You know, and you're racking your brain. You're like, whew, what can I come up with? You're like, yes, Jesus. And it was, lo and behold, it was a dental bill. <laughs> you see why he jogged my memory and pulled that file out? Like he, <clears throat> I'm like, okay, this, is, you know, like this wasn't any effort of mine. It just literally jogged my, my memory. And, um, and that next moment, 
if you've ever experienced the, what they call the Shekinah glory of God, I know it's not a biblical word, but it's the only way they could describe the manifest, visible, you don't need spiritual eyes to see it, the visible glory of God. I smelled it because I've become a little familiar with it in just a few experiences. I smelled it and tasted it before I saw it, and I opened my eyes, and there was a, there was a cloud of glory in the room, and it just overtook me, and I said, <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> you know, and you're so caught up in the moment. You're like, I don't even ask why. i just like thankful. He manifested in the room. And I'm like, this is amazing. And, and then I'm driving not too many minutes later. And, and um, I'm like, why why'd that happen? I, I ask that about things. You know, I always, I'm always asking why. Oh, and um, I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm just, you know, inquiring minds would like to know. <laughs> I'd like to learn more so that I can be better at presenting teachable moments. And, and I heard the Father say, I felt like He was saying, I just wanted you to know. I wanted you to know that I've got you. And I've got Lindsay and I've got your finances. And, and it, was, it, means, it was more than just this situation that He was speaking to. Um. <clears throat> It was in the transition of life. And, and that to me was, I, I saw it. Like I saw the testimony in my mind, right? He was turning my, my, my vision, my internal, internal, external, whatever it is, still vision. He was turning it to a demonstration of his goodness. Let me remind you who I am. And now I want you to experience who I am. I want, you to, I, I want to emphasize the fact that I'm good. And I'll show up in a moment and manifest myself in your room even when you didn't ask for it. And come in and overtake you with my glory. Just because I wanted to. That's what kind of father I am. And I'm like, man. Whew. Okay. I remember now you're good. Right? That's, I, I believe that the, the number one, one of the number one things Try to be careful of making absolute statements, right? <laughs> because as soon as you do, you find out that it wasn't exactly, you know, wasn't, there was that percent that wasn't true of it. There's other ways. But I believe that one of the number one things that we battle today is uh, the lie about who the Father is. And, and the, the, the driving force behind that lie is, the, is the, the fear, is the spirit of fear. Remember, all things in darkness, the kingdom of darkness is all things flow through fear. It's the currency of hell, fear. It's what moves, it's what moves hell. It's what moves much of what we see, hear, and experience in the world today. And the kingdom of heaven is moved by faith. Right? We have love working through, working through faith. I'm going to read something to you out of, out of 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 5. In just a second. When, when I, ignorance is not bliss in the kingdom. Have you found that out? <laughs> like it says that my people perish for lack of knowledge. Like, and, and so I don't need to know it all. 
You know, none of us do. That's why we're, be- we're better together. I-, I just need to keep knowing him more and more. All right? And as I continue to, as I'm, I'm headed in the direction, regardless of the size of the steps I'm taking, it says that we, we walk by, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. So faith are actually the eyes that sons and daughters see through. Remember, it's the opposite of fear. Fear obscures my vision. Faith actually causes me to see better. <clears throat> because his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalms 119, 105, verse 105. My gosh, that's a long chapter, isn't it? <laughs> his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so he set you and I up to be able to clearly see the next step. I may not see 10 steps or six months or a year from now, even though I like to see some of that stuff. And we found out that time is the hardest thing to, to see in the spirit. We sometimes we see things coming to us that are good. We don't know exactly the timing of them. Sometimes we get it right. Sometimes we don't. Well, it doesn't mean we're to stop trying. But <laughs> so he's given us every everything we need because when you and I got born again, we came into the kingdom through the new birth, and and faith became the foundation of what we live from. If we didn't know it at the time, that's okay. It was, it was still in there. If I covered up with other stuff like I talked about, it was still in there. We still had the ability to walk by faith and not by sight. And we still had the ability to look at the Word and allow it and Him, because the Word's on paper and the Word's Jesus, like I said earlier, to be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. To literally lead and guide me in every moment of every day. And what, what's that mean? It means that... I, I trust Him. Walking by faith is walking in trust. I believe that trust is a better word to use to take the place of faith at times because I personally, in my experience, find that people can relate better to that because faith sometimes feels like this mystical thing if we're not very familiar with it. But it's literally, it's literally trust. It's not complicated. Nothing in the kingdom is. Though it gets mystical, it's not complicated. And so He wired you and I to trust Him. But all the things that we've experienced, all the, the testimonies that contradict His goodness, like because we got other testimonies in the filing cabinet, right? They're the ones that we've seen, heard, and experienced that are like, He's not good. He won't provide. He'll run out on you. He's mad at you. Like all these things, right? It's <laughs> Now, that, those files may be way in the back right now, but they're actually not supposed to exist in the filing cabinet anymore. And we're working on getting them out, right? We're progress. Remember, we're celebrating progress. This is good. It's good. And so when I, when I know that I'm actually wired to trust, to look through the eyes of trusting the Father fully, it empowers me. Because then it's not some long mathematical equation that I've got to figure out. <laughs> it's literally... As simple as finding out the things that fear has planted in my thinking that I'm still responding to because of what I've seen, heard, and experienced and getting rid of those. And as I'm moving in the direction, walking by faith, those things just get highlighted. You know, he's like, time to deal with this. You just ask him to search you like David did. Just search me, God. You'll, You'll bring that stuff to the surface, right? I'm just going to pursue you 
intimacy with you, knowing you more, and that stuff's just going to come up. And we'll deal with it when it does. And I don't have to get all freaked out and frantic about what's there and what's not there. Right? My daily life will tell me that. That's why I was talking about the measuring stick. My daily life is the measuring stick of how I respond, how I responded on the phone to Lindsay's phone call about the bill. Right? My first thought was, okay, where's this coming from? But immediately, almost simultaneously, the other thought came of his goodness, the reminder of the testimony. And so that's growth. I'm real excited about that. <laughs> it's happening, right? And so second, this is what I'm going to close with. Second Peter 1, I don't have time to teach all these scriptures, and I'll let you, you know, you can read them for yourself, but there's a whole lot of goodness right here packed in these, these five verses that I'm... <clears throat> Five or six verses that I'm going to read. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5. This is how the New King James. It says, But also for this very reason, giving all dil diligence, add to your faith. Look at it. Faith was number one. <clears throat> add to your faith, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, love. Look what bookends all those things. Faith and love. I'm guessing that was intentional. Verse 8. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I'm looking for. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. That's not any of us. Verse 10. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things... You will never stumble. For if you do these things, you will never, you will never stumble. Has anybody ever told you that the Christian life would be a series of you just falling and getting back up? I may have been wrong. <laughs> I know a righteous man falls seven times and he gets, he gets back up, right? And so I'm not saying that there isn't face plants along the way. But as we grow and mature, what I'm talking about, we make the foundation intimacy and love, love becomes the mark of true maturity. I come into a place where I realize that God's given me eyes of faith, of trust, given me the word of God to be a lamp unto my feet and to light the way that I'm going. And he's actually wired me to trust him fully and to be able to see him clearly who he is as a good father. And as that happens, I'm adding to my faith all of these things that are being enveloped by love and make it possible for me to live the life that you and I were created to live, which includes never stumbling because Jesus never did. You're like, you're setting kind of a high bar. No, Jesus did that. I'm not setting it. Jesus set the bar. And he invited us all into this life. And so wherever we're at today, whatever level of trust we currently have right now, I believe that even as we go throughout this week, because like I said, ignorance is not bliss in the kingdom. But when you hear, when you hear this, when you get revelation on this, those things begin to be highlighted in our lives. And we begin to actually see okay, that doesn't belong there in my thinking. That doesn't belong there in my thinking. That feels like fear. That doesn't feel like love, right? Our feelings are 
are awful leaders, but they are a great indicator of what we believe. And so I used them like we were created to, to benefit me in transforming my mind. When that feels like fear, I know it doesn't belong there. And remember, though there may have been seeds of thoughts or experiences, things that I've seen or heard may be implanted in my thinking, when you're a born-again son or daughter of God, there's no fear that literally exists on the inside of you. There's no room. Maybe in your thinking, but it's not coming from inside you. It's coming for you. Because it, it's, it's designed, fear is designed to cause us to turn inward and turn to that thing that we weren't created to. I'll, I'll have to do this by myself, right? It's the opposite of dependency on Him. The good news is, is that we're all growing in, in this. And every one of us have areas of our life where we trust God more now than we did maybe at the beginning of this year, maybe through the COVID crisis. You know what I mean? There was, it tested everybody's level of trust for the Father. Every season of life does that. And this one was just a global thing that was happening, right? The good news is when God brings good things out of bad situations, all things work together for good for those who love, love God. Right? I know people lost loved ones. I know people have went through crazy things, losing jobs and all kinds of, of awful things. The Father can make scars look like finely carved crystal, right? And He'll bring good out of a bad situation. And for us personally, He's highlighting things where we, we are growing in trust and He's inviting us. I saw Jesus. I saw this vision of Jesus. He was literally at His hand out and He was inviting us into this place of trust. I could see He was like, Every time we'd grab his hand, he was pulling us closer. And it was like when he, when he pulled us closer, it was like he was slingshotting us, almost like a, a bow and arrow, and shooting us into this, this place that was way further than what we were along in our process. And I thought, what is that? And, and immediately I felt like the thought came that this is the breakthrough that we're looking for. Like a lot of times, like who's, who's prayed for breakthrough recently? Like, or who prayed for breakthrough their whole Christian life? Like, <laughs> like whose normal prayer is God give me breakthrough in this area? What if, what if trust was the key? What if, what if this was an invitation and it was the greatest breakthrough that we ever had in each individual area of our lives that we need to trust more is just saying, I'm going to live by faith and I'm not going to live by what I see, hear, or experience that contradict your nature that I see in Jesus. What if we did that? I told you that for the last seven years, we've been doing that. And when I first made the statement that God's a good father, it was literally a faith statement because I didn't, I, I didn't believe it. I knew it was true in my heart, but I didn't know it was true up here. And so if you would stand with me as we, as we close this. He's growing us, isn't he? Come on. It's good. He's good. And regardless of what level you believe that at today, I believe each one of us are growing in knowing how good He is. Uh, so Father, I thank You for a room full of people who are trusting You. I thank You for a room full of people that have been empowered by Your grace to live the life that You created us to live. And we just figuratively, we take your hand. 
And we accept the invitation into this place of trusting you more in whatever area it is you're dealing with us in right now, whatever is highlighted to every person. We thank you for removing seeds that fear has placed in our thinking and literally truth coming and taking those places and rewiring our thinking and our neural pathways uh, becoming made new by, by trust. That literally the pathways being paved by trust resulting in a foundation of love in every area of our thinking. That our whole brain would be completely rewired by love. That our whole brain would literally be rewired by love to love, by trust to trust. I think the Bible calls it the mind of Christ. That that would become our new normal. That we get to be a demonstration of what you look like. First, our friends and to those of our city, our communities, our neighbors, wherever our workplace is, whatever place we work at, whatever it is, we were created to be a demonstration of your love and your goodness. And I thank you that that comes with no pressure. I thank you that it's not on us to perform. It's just on us to know you more. Just desire you more. To spend time with you. To be with you. In the silence and know that you're enough. He's enough. Without the stuff, without the money, without the career, even without the family, He's enough. I thank you, Father, right now that you're just showing us places where, or even people or things that we've put in, we've put in place of our first love. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for redirecting our thinking in that area away from those lesser loves. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Holy Spirit, for helping us make what's most important, most important. You know, we literally, what, what they sang earlier, we give you, we give you our whole hearts. I thank you that you've been doing surgery on us today. Figurative heart or mind surgery, whatever you want to call it, we thank you for it. We thank you that as we go throughout this week, we get opportunities to trust you, that we're going to choose, we're going to choose trust. This is literally something that I do. You want practical? This is it. Is that in a given moment where I have a choice, I say inside my head, I choose trust. Just like I can choose love, I can choose trust. So I can choose joy, I can choose trust. So thank you, Father, for empowering us to be able to choose. Choose trusting you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Jesus.
Yeah, Holy Spirit, thanks for coming. Coming with meeting every need. I know there's other needs in the room other than what we were talking about today. So thanks even for comfort and peace coming. Thanks for comfort and peace. Thanks for coming as the comforter, as the, the Prince of Peace. Whatever each person needs, I thank you right now. Thanks for coming as that. is the real thing. He is what we need. Thanks, Father, for teaching us more about what it is to be poor in spirit. Dependency on you in the good and the great seasons and the good seasons and the seasons that are pressing us and squeezing us. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you that you find us faithful in every season. Thank you. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. We keep declaring that you're good. Regardless of what we see, we're going to declare it not with our words only, but with our lives. You are a good father. We're going to declare it in every area of our lives. You are. You are good. 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 Thank you, Father. Yeah, get the prayer team to come. Shoo, if you guys need anything, if you want to just sit and enjoy this moment, sometimes we get so rushed that we can move on from a moment. We're not leaving the building, so you don't have to. If you need to stay in this moment with Jesus because He can do more than any of us can, please. Don't hesitate. But if you want somebody to pray with you, we got a bunch of folks who want to bless you, prophesy over you, see healing happen in your bodies or your souls, whatever you need. Come on up and get prayer. You guys are free to do that now. If you got to get out of here, we thanks for being with us today. Hopefully you'll say hi to somebody you never met before today. Just introduce yourself. Man, thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us online. Thanks for continuing to pursue Jesus, making the better, a world a better place because of because you're in it. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.